everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. All over the world. 
God is worthy to me. I just want to say thank you, Lord, for being so good. I just want to say thank you, Lord, you've been so very, very good. You're worthy, Jesus, you're worthy, Lord. You're worthy. Christ, our soon coming King, our strength, our Redeemer, our very present help in a time of trouble. We just thank God for the privilege, the opportunity to be able to worship Him once again. God, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the sun. Amen. Amen. Um, For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we have been working on our most recent topic, simply entitled, Sometimes Less is More. Sometimes Less is More. Now, you know, I share something with you all the Lord immediately has in my spirit. Uh, Many years ago, the, the Lord revealed to me that he can bless us in a variety of ways. Sometimes God can bless us with more money. We all know about that. When we make more money, we get a promotion. We get... But then sometimes God can bless us with less money. And I was like, Lord, when he first started dealing with me on that, I was like, Lord, what are you saying? God says, Robert, I can bless you with more money. Most everybody realizes that when they start making more money, they're happy and, and they, they're feeling good about themselves. They, they feel like they have been blessed. But God says, I can bless you with making less money, but then I can begin to touch the hearts of people to where what you are paying for things can be even less. So God can bless us. You know, God can bless us. Watch this. It's a difference between being blessed with a long life and being blessed with a long and prosperous life. If you just long life, automatically many of us think that that means it's a blessing. Not necessarily, because some people are living almost. Can you imagine having to live your life with a uh, hundred years of of, of of cancer, of leukemia, pain, or or some other kind of debilitating, or live a hundred years and you're paralyzed and and can't 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 move in any any of your your arms and limbs. So so understand that that long life and a long and prosperous or a long and Healthy, those are two different things. A long marriage. You might think that, you know, just because people have been married a long time, that, that that's mean they automatically blessed. Not necessarily. Some people have been married 50 years and they wish they'd have killed each other 49 years ago. <laughs> Come on, sis. <laughs> so, we, <laughs> Saints, we, we, we are very happy to have with us Deacon Richard. Uh, you, often, you all often hear me talk about him. He worships with us uh, from, uh, uh, we'll just say, a distance away, but we are happy to have him with us live and remote. And the Lord willing, he will uh, share one or two words with you all tonight as uh, before we, we close out. And uh, we, again, we greet each of you in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ. Sometimes less is more. Just, just, just keep that in mind. Sometimes less is more. Would you, would you rather have a long and painful life or a short and, and blessed life? Sometimes less. Sometimes less. Would you rather have a lot of money and a lot of curses going along with it or, or, a lot of, a lot, or, or, or just a little money where there's some peace? There's a passage, and the Lord is flashing this in my spirit now, in the book of Proverbs, 
And this is children of God why we want to we want to make ourselves remember God's word because God is going to communicate with you and I through his word. There's a passage in the book of Proverbs and it talks about how better a meal of only vegetables where there is love than the fatted calf where there is hatred. All right. Now I want that scripture. I got I got the wrong uh, the wrong phone that I wanted to use. Better a meal. Better a meal of only vegetables, just vegetables. You got nothing vegetable where there is love, than the fatted calf, and and that's symbolic of a feast or symbolic of merit with uh, where there's a lot of hatred. Sometimes less is more. We looked at, and we'll probably look deeper into that scripture as the Lord uh, develops this particular topic. Capital A. We're looking at Gideon. Too many. Gideon, too many. We looked early today at Judges chapter 7, verse 2. Judges chapter 7, verse 2. And it brings us right on down this evening to Judges chapter 7, verse 4. Judges chapter 7, praise God, verse 4. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, But the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Take them down to the water, and I will sift them for you. If I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. Gideon, too many. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, we thank you today, Father, for being who you are. We thank you, Father, for peace in the midst of storms, storms brewing in so many different corners, so many different places throughout the world. But, Father, we thank you for peace. Just as you were with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in the fiery furnace, and they were all right in the midst of the fiery furnace. We thank you for being with your people in these last and evil days, that we too may be all right in a wicked and adulterous generation. We thank you, Father, for provisions, protection. We thank you, Father, for deliverance, for guidance. We thank you for your word, your spirit, your might. So many things, Father, that you have done to us, through us, and for us. We give you all glory, honor, and praise. Father, as we study this evening to show ourselves approved unto you, we ask again that you will speak into our hearts and minds, open up our understanding, open up your word to us, Father, just as a can must be opened or a bottle must be opened in order to get to what's on the inside. Father, we want you to open your word for us this evening that we can get to the heart of your, uh, your good, pleasing, and perfect will. We trust, Father, that as we are touching and agreeing, asking in the name of Jesus Christ, that you will do these things for us in his most precious name. These and all of the blessings we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, amen and amen. Big, what you got there? Uh, looks like Proverbs 15 and 17. Proverbs, praise God, 15 and 17. Okay, okay. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 17. Praise God, praise God. From the New International Version, saints, better a meal of vegetables, only vegetables, where there is love than the fatted calf with hatred. Well, what is God sending a message to? Well, God said, look, the atmosphere is more important than the meal. The atmosphere. We got one atmosphere where the vegetables are, and the atmosphere is love. The atmosphere, even though all you have is vegetables, is the essence of God. But what we have here, the atmosphere of the second one, it says that the fatted calf, but there is hatred. There is the, there is the essence of sick. Even though you got all that food, even though you got all of that, uh, those trappings and those trimmings, the atmosphere is not of God. So 
Atmosphere. Atmosphere. But what is it that makes an atmosphere? What is, you see something here that will make an atmosphere worthwhile no matter where it is. And you see something here that will make an atmosphere bad no matter where it is. The atmosphere of the, the meal with vegetables is love. Husband and wife ain't got to have a whole lot of money if they got a whole lot of love. Family ain't got to have a whole lot of money, but as long as they got a whole lot of love. A nation doesn't have to have a whole lot of money as long as it's got a whole lot of love. I shared with, with one pastor I was with. I can't even remember the name of the church. I've been in so many churches I can't remember. In so many countries I can't remember. But this one particular church, uh, one of the last churches I was in in Nigeria, not a large church, not a large church, but those, sh- those saints from the pastor right on down through the congregation, they showed, and I think I shared it on the, on the live link, they showed, uh, just as much love as any than any other church that I had ever been in in years and years of preaching the gospel. Atmosphere, atmosphere. Offering won't the won't the largest of offerings. Congregation size won't the largest of congregation size. You know the little church building that they had. People were sitting outside in the overflow when I was there. But I, I, I have never seen any more love displayed by any other congregation that I have ever been in in my life. Atmosphere. We might have to preach that. Atmosphere. Because we see the second one here. We see the fatted calf. Now, the fatted calf was symbolic of celebration. You remember the prodigal son. When he came back from his peewee's great adventure, the father said, kill the what? Fatted calf. Let us celebrate. So what we see here is the second one is, an, is celebration in the, in the physical, all of the trappings for celebration in the physical, but in the spiritual, there's hatred. The devil is in that, is in that meal. Devil is all around. And see, wherever the devil is, he, he, he'll make the atmosphere not very pleasant. And, just the, and, and you can take and flip that pancake because wherever God is, in your presence, come on, somebody, there is fullness of joy. Even if you just eat vegetables, God say, am I there? Yes. Then there will be fullness of joy. That's why Jesus wanted some of the miracles Jesus worked. Jesus take just a few little fish, a little bit of bread. The Bible don't say they even had no tartar sauce. Don't even say they had no cocktail sauce, no French fries. You know how we like tea and fish and bread. Everyone ate, had their fill, and was satisfied. The atmosphere. So you say, Apostle, what, are you, what, is, what is God trying to get us to understand? Let us be more concerned with the atmosphere than what's physically there. Because if the atmosphere is right, the atmosphere, in other words, what's going on in spiritual realms can overshadow what's happening in the physical realm. All right. All right. So we just wanted to take a, take a look there. Sometimes we're still talking about sometimes less is more. Sometimes less is more. You ask the average person. What would you rather have, a meal of just vegetables or a fatted calf? And the average person on average is going to lean toward the fatted calf because that's, that's, just, you know, that's just naturally where we go. But, you know, God wants us to think a little bit more deeper. And, and let, let our question be, what kind of atmosphere is going to be with the vegetable? What kind of atmosphere is going to be with the, with the fatted calf? So the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Now, we, we went over earlier how that the Lord immediately got rid of those who trembled with fear. But God says, look, you know, that's not the only group that is not beneficial in your congregation. God says, I've got another group. And one of, the, one of the revelations that God had given us earlier today is that going into war, just we know it's a problem to have scared jokers. But we also know it's a problem if you've got overconfident jokers. Both of, both of those, the Bible says the truly, the truly wise man avoids what? All extremes. You don't want to go into war scared you get yourself killed, and you don't want to mess around and go into war overconfident. You, y'all can't kill me and march right out there out of rank and get shot right in the middle of the head. So now we're looking at, but the Lord said to Gideon, there are still 
too many men. So God said, look, there are still some spiritual states that are not conducive to what I'm trying to do. The first group was scared. Now, the Bible lets us to know that God has not given us a what? A spirit of fear. So when, when, you, when you're operating by a spirit of fear, you're not listening to God. You're listening to that spirit of fear. Mess around and try to settle down a joker that has pushed the panic button. This is why, you know, they even tell us, and the Lord is slashing this in my spirit right now, when I went for lifeguard training many years ago, when we, we got the swimming pool, I said, let me get some lifeguard training in case, you know, one of the young people or one of the adults slip off in there and start drunk. And they, they taught us in lifeguard training that one of the last things you do when a person is drowning is to get in the water with them. Why? Because if they can grab a hold of you, a person that's drowning will try to drown you to save themselves. That's human nature. So what they give you is they give you a little, a very simple little technique for, for rescuing and attempting to rescue a drowning person. It's called reach, throw, then go. Reach, and, and that's something for you all to remember in case we are uh, in Las Vegas somewhere swimming or we, we in the, in uh, uh, Cozumel, Mexico or somewhere swimming. And somebody, reach, that means stay on solid ground. Reach, re try to reach for them or take a pole or a, or a long stick or something, but you stay on solid ground. Reach, if that won't work, throw, look for one of them circles. You know, a lot of times they got them circle Floats, grab one of them floats and throw that out there. Reach, throw, and if that does not work, then go. And even when they, even when they taught us about going in, they taught us you don't go up to the, a drowning person from the front. You come around them from behind. Why? You don't even give them an opportunity to be trying to grab you because what it is is you need to be saving them, not them drowning you. Uh-oh. Now, you think about what the Lord told the nation of Israel when they went into the promised land. He's look, don't intermarry with them. Don't be doing no whole lot of hanging out with them. Because what they will do is they will turn your hearts away from me. The object of a, of a drowning person, we don't need two people drowning. We need two people saved. We need two people saved. It's not for, so you say, Apostle, what that got to do with my Christianity? Now, is this preaching or is this uh or are you talking about life saved? Uh, or like that, a little bit of both. It's our responsibility to change the world, not the world's responsibility to change us. The world is the one that's drowning. We are the ones that have the Savior. There are still too many men. Take them down to the water. God says, I will sift them for you there. If I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. The, that particular stanza, that particular portion of scripture right there, God says will keep a whole lot of us out of trouble. It, Everybody just, everybody just can. Now, now look at this now. now look at this. Because what have we been planning and what have we been working on? We've been working on and planning on the trips and, and looking at where, you know, and here, and look at what God has, has brought us to. I had no idea. This is what one of the saints is hollering. Everybody just can't go. If the Lord, everybody just can't be your friend. Everybody can't just be your pastor. Everybody can't just be in your congregation. Everybody. The Lord said, I'm going to sift them. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? We got to get in the habit of letting God sift for us. You can't work on every job. You can't, have, you can't uh, go with every woman. You can't, uh, you can't smoke every drug. You can't drink every... <laughs> you can't eat everything at Golden Corral. <laughs> Man, I'm going to eat some of it. You didn't go to Corral. I'm going to eat some Let the Lord sift. Boy, that might not be a bad idea this evening. We will load up and go to Golden Corral. But God said, I done gave you some instructions before y'all go. So y'all won't be in there talking about I'm going to eat some of everything. Let the Lord sift. 
God says, I will sift them. You say, Apostle, what are you driving at? Every, every aspect of your life, God says, needs sifting. Still too many. Take them down to the water, and I will sit. So what we see here, and I'm just, you know, the Lord, the Lord hadn't showed me any of this. He just kind of gave me this just a few minutes before we got started. But what I'm seeing here now, what the Lord is revealing to me, is not only is there assisting God is talking to me now, Robert. He says it needs to take place. But God says, Robert, there's also a place of sifting. There's a place. Not only is there a sifting that needs to take place, but there's a place of sifting. So understand that different stages in your life, they call for different sifting. Because it may be something God is telling you on Monday, no, no, no. And then on Tuesday, God be saying, yes, yes, yes. Things change. Some things change. Now, let me give you an example. The Lord, the Lord may, the Lord going to say to you, prior to you marrying that woman, let's say your marriage is on Saturday. Up until God, up until Saturday, God is saying no sex, no sex, no sex. Don't even touch her. After Saturday, God is saying you can do just about what you please. <laughs> you can do just about what's pleading. Now we don't get to, you know. So so what what are we saying? Because things have changed, the instruction of God has now changed. God may be telling you as when your son is seven years old and acting like a fool, beat that boy, Robert. He just can't get his out. Beat that boy or beat that. But then when your son gets 27, God be saying, sit him down and talk to him. Restrict his driving privilege. So things change. God's instructions change. All right, we're about done. Now, and even look at it in context with, with our scripture, and, and the Lord is just dealing with me. God said, when you got 32,000, I'm saying you got too many. But when you get down to 300, I'm saying you're just, you're just right. Things have changed. God's instruction. God said, look, when you had 32,000, there was some sifting, and there was some folk that needed to be sent home. But when you got to 300, God said, I said, now I'm saying deliver, deliver uh, uh, Israel with that 300. Things have changed. So, so, you know, and this is why we don't, this is why we want to be careful with the spirit of a Pharisee or the spirit of, see, see, things had changed. These individuals had, you know, they were, they were looking for the Messiah just like, like everybody else. But then here comes Jesus right on the scene. In other words, now the Messiah is there. Well, they should have been, all right, well, let us look to the Messiah to get things straight. He's here. Let us straight. But because they didn't recognize that things had changed, they were still trying to do things the old way. Even, even in the book of, uh, uh, um, you know, your Judaizers, uh, in the book of uh, uh, Galatians, Ephesians, the Judaizers, these individuals, you know, that, that, that took the Mosaic Law, the Pentateuch, you know, the first five books of the Bible, all right, this is what we got to do, this is what we got to do. But that, now that faith has come, we are no longer under the supervision of the law. God said you got a different leader now. The law, was the, lead, the law was put in charge to lead you to Christ. But now that faith has come, you are no longer under the supervision of the law. Well, who leads us now? Who is our leader now? Holy Ghost. God said, now I'm going to write my laws. Come on, somebody, on your heart. Let's look at that. Let's look at that. We're going to get ready to close. Go to, uh, should we go to Galatians. So for those of you all out there that, you know, you, you're still trying to keep the Mosaic law, you, you got too many. 617 rules, commands, and statutes. All of that stuff is not in play no more. Go to Galatians. Go to Galatians.
All right, let's go back to 21. Before this faith came. Well, faith in who? Faith in what? Faith in the chicken? Faith in the cow? You got the, I don't know how many millions of gods. I remember I was over in India, and they were talking about how many, how many millions of gods they had. Can't do nothing with the rats that's running around in the Taj Mahal. Can't do nothing with a bull. Bull come right in the restaurant. I'm like, come on now. I'm serious. Bull walk right in the restaurant. I'm like, come on now. What, what, what? Can't do nothing with him, apostle. Can't do nothing with him. You know, they just, what? Faith in what? Before faith in Christ, before this faith, this faith in Jesus Christ came, we were held prisoners by the law, locked up until faith should be revealed. So that the law was put in charge. So God said, look, the purpose of the law was about like a babysitter, went with your children. The purpose of the babysitter is to watch y'all and keep y'all back like a fool until parents get home. Then babysitter can go home, parents take over. Well, the law, the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ. Well, now that Christ has come so that we might be what? Justified by faith. Now that faith has come, now that faith in Jesus Christ has come, we're no longer under supervision of the law. What are you trying to do? You know, I... You know, Apostle, now, you know, if, if this is a, a personal choice that you make, Apostle, you know, I don't eat any uh, pork, you know, because in the Old Testament, you know, uh, pork was, man, look, if that's a personal choice that you make, and all right, go head on, but that stuff, all them dietary restrictions, all that stuff, we're not under that no more. We're not under that no more. For now, the scripture tell us that if it's sanctified by the word of God and prayer, what? Go ahead on and get down. Just don't eat till you fit in the bus. Now I'm doing this. The Lord keep us keep dealing with us on that right there before we go somewhere. So sometime less is more. Take them down to the water. So so God said, look. Not only have I I got to do some separating, but there's a place of separating. There was a there was a place of separation. Thank you, Holy Spirit, between the Old Testament law. And this faith that we are. There was a place of separation. When Jesus said, it is finished, it is done, he perfectly kept all of the rules, commands, and statutes of the Old Testament die, of the Old Testament law. So when he died, he was a perfect sacrifice. There was a place of separ- there's a place of separation. Now, now you mess around and, and go beyond the place of separation or, 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 or do something before it's time to separate, you get in trouble with God. Now, the scripture says, scripture says to us, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. We all know that. We all know that. It's not just talking about marriage. Anything that God has joined, if God has joined you to a church, don't you let man run you out of there. If God has joined you to a friend, don't you let man break that up. If God, whatever God has joined together, if God has joined you to a job, don't let folk run you. Don't let folk run in their mouth run you away from there. So we got to know, Lord, what have you joined me to? What God has joined together. Don't just say marriage. God said, I didn't just say marriage. Anything, anybody, any place that I have joined you to, that I have connected you with. Don't let man put it aside. Don't let man break that up. How many friendships have been broken up? Bible talks about how in Proverbs, think we might want to look this up, a, a gossip separates close friends. A gossip separates close friends. God may have joined us together real good. We may be moving and flowing real, real good in spirit, but messing around in a gossip slip on you. Like, oh, look here, man. Let me tell you something about that, Robert Bryan, man. Let me tell you something about that, such and such, okay? A gossip separates. A gossip's words are like choice morsels. That's one. But a gossip separates close friends. So you say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? Don't let folk separate you from your blessings. Proverbs sixteen twenty eight. Praise God. Proverbs sixteen and what was that? Twenty eight. 
Mm-hmm. A perverse man stirs up dissension. All right, wicked man, you know, he'll, he'll, get, he'll get everybody all stirred up, get everybody ready to fight, get everybody ready to cut somebody. Perverse man stirs up dissension, and a gossip separates close friends. So you got to be, you know, you you got to be careful when you when you when you deal with a gossip. One of the tricks that I found in dealing with with gossips is when they when they get started, want to start with they look at man. Let me let me tell you about. Something. Hold up, let's call him that you won't tell me so much about. So you can say that while he's here, or let's put him on the phone. I've done that. Individuals want to say so much. Apostle, let me tell you. Hold up, hold up. Now such and such is on three way. Go ahead on, finish up. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. See now, what you have disarmed, you you have done. You have disarmed that power of darkness. But if you sit there and listen to what that gossip has said, now you are being brought up under the power of that darkness. See, darkness gonna do one of two things. We turn the lights off in here in this church right now. Darkness take over. We pop the lights on. Darkness go somewhere. We are children of the light. So when you start dealing with a gossip, you better put the light on them. Now you say, oh, it ain't going to affect me. It ain't going to affect me. The Bible said the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down into a man's innermost being. You're telling me well, a gossip not going to affect you. That's, a, that's as ridiculous as trying to tell me that sitting here drinking a bottle of poison ain't going to affect you. Now, we know the Lord can work some miracles with the poison and different things. But on average, you're going away from here. Well, got the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. The Bible says they go down into a man's innermost being. That's another proverb. They go down. They get in you. All of a sudden, you know, you was all right with that individual till you listen to the gossip. Now when you look at them, and you, 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 you know, you, you're starting to think, mm-hmm, sure do kind of look like he might be into that to me. That's what you be thinking. Why? Because those words of the gossip. Come on now, which which of us, which of us, uh, the the way we loved and admired Bill Cosby in the '80s, which of us is not now not kind of wondering? I wonder if he was doing that last stuff. Why? Because we've been we've been hearing those reports, whether true or whether not true. I'm not getting getting into that, but just those words being said. Now we're looking at him. Better not leave. Better not leave Bill with your wife now. No telling. No, no, I don't want no drink. Don't, don't, don't give me no pudding pop. Don't no tell him what. Come on, Snakes. Let's give it. Let's get on. Let's get on. Let's get on. Don't. You remember we used to do them pudding pop things. I'm just saying. We don't. I don't know what. I'm on what. All them little children. You remember we used to give out the pudding pops, man. That's like the hear reports of the children. Let's just see what what's going on. So there's a there's a sifting that must take place. There's a place. Take them down to the water, and I will sift them for you there. God says now, God says you got three things. you got three movable parts that I'm seeing this, in this right here that God is dealing with me on. God said, number one, there's a sifting that has got to take place in your life. You cannot be an effective Christian without sifting, without a proper determination of good, and evil, a proper determination of wisdom and foolishness, a proper determination of what you should be doing and what you can't get, you, 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 got, you got. So number one, there's a sifting that must take place. Number two, there's a place where the sifting must take place. God has got specific places where he wants to sift. And number three, you've got to let God do the sifting. Because if you and I don't allow God to do the sifting, we may be getting rid of some folk that God is saying you need him in your life. I remember when I first, the first uh, year coaching, Lord, splashing this to my spirit. I'm out there fresh out of college. You know, I had never coached anything before, you know, just as crazy as a $3 bill. You know, the, 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 the coach that was, I was a junior varsity coach, and the varsity coach, I was trying to kind of mirror his program. I don't know why. He had been getting beat to death for years. But uh, he had given me this thing uh, that he was doing on the varsity where if the players missed a certain amount of practices, they would have to be cut from the team. Now, I had some guys, man, that were staying way, way out in the country and different things. If they didn't have no, you know, it was very difficult. Some of them were very, very poor and, 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 and different things and didn't have, you know, didn't have rides and different things. But I think his, I think that, that, that thing he gave me was, 
I don't know. I quit. And, you know, every time you miss the practice, shit, and once you spell that. And I'm following that craziness. Man, I'm cutting my star players. Had a good team. Had some talented players. But they, you know, some of them couldn't get rides. Like we might have Saturday practice. They didn't have no ride. Parents working two and three jobs. One didn't have nobody. So, you know, like, Coach, man, I came. And I'm following that stuff to the letter and cutting some of my top players and leading scorers and everything I'm out there and, and, and cut it right to the tune of five and 15 is what I went. Getting beat just like getting beat was the right thing to do, just like somebody had hired me <laughs> to go out there and get beat. Well, the second year, I kind of wised up a little bit. I said, man, look, I said, I ain't going to be cutting you off from Mr. Price. I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to run you off some friends when you get back in here. Now, whether your reason for missing practice is justified or not justified, you come on back in here and give me a certain amount of wins, Prince, and we keep this thing rolling. Second year, he kept everybody together, and we marched right onto the team tune of about 17-2 and two conference championship. So what does what God want us to understand? You know, what, we got to be careful that we don't get rid of those that God has destined or, or, or desires to be in our life. We're right back to what God has joined together. Let no man put asunder. That even mean you. That even mean me. God said, look, I'm trying to connect you with this particular individual, this particular man, this particular woman, this particular organization, this particular group. And you, you, talking about, no, nah, no, nah, I don't think, I don't think, uh-oh. So there's a, there's a sifting that must need, that must take place. There's a place of sifting, and we've got to keep in mind, who is to do the sifting? God, God, we're about done. God says, I will sift them for you there. If I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. Not you saying. Not even the other person saying. Mm -mm. God said, I will say. There are, and God is dealing with me on this right here. God said that there's some of you all up under the sign of my voice that you have separated from some folk that God intended for you to be together with. I can't get all into you. I can't get too deep into your business. That's between you and the Lord. But there are some folk that we have separated from that God wants us connected. We said, I had a, a one, one great man of God meeting to the last church on some of the broken period. And he about a mutual friend had built about a 2,000 seat I didn't even see the mutual particular bishop, and those two were working very closely together years and years ago when I met them. But now they separated, and you know this particular prophet and I, you know, we about things, and he was telling me out of thousand seat facility there in Lake, beautiful, marble, marble tile, tiled all everywhere, and had a level and an upper level. And he said, well, you know, but Apostle, I just can't, I can't work with him. I said, well, you know, we're still friends, but I just can't work with him. He, he, he seen, and started going, I said, hold up, hold up, hold up. I said, uh, man of God, I said, did the Lord tell you to separate from the bishop? No, Apostle, but I, I said, well, indeed. I said, well, right there. That we've already, there's the problem right there. Because if the Lord has not told you to separate from him, you got no business. Separate. He kept trying. And I said, look, I said, me and you, you said, you've been in this thing just about as long as I have. I, I said, you know that's nonsense what you're talking about right now. Yeah, yeah, boss. I said, if the Lord, I said, the only thing I want to know is yes or no question. Did the Lord tell you to separate from the bishop? No, no. And I said, well, and we don't have to, we don't have to go round and round and try to figure out who did. <laughs> because if God didn't tell you, then that's some aspect of the flesh which we know be listening to the adversary. So come on, let's finish up. So God said, "I let me let me do the separating." So Gideon took the men down to there. The Lord told him, "Separate those who lap the water with their tongues like a dog from those who kneel down to drink." Now what we have an imagery of here is one group that is scooping the water up. And laughing. Now, I've heard a lot of interpretations, you know, the group that was kneeling down. 
down and putting their head down and, and, and drinking. And, you know, I've heard a lot of interpretations. I don't know. I, you know, I've got to wait for the Lord. But, but you know, the group, the one group that, that lapped that water, whatever, whatever that was to the Lord. I'm not going to try to get into, you know, because a lot of pastors say, well, you know, the ones that were lapping like a dog, they were ready, they were alert, they had their heads up, they could see, and the ones that was drinking the water down on their knees, they, they weren't, I've heard all, you know, they weren't ready, they weren't paying attention, they were, you know, I've heard all kind of things, but whatever it was, I don't, whatever God's reason was for separating those two groups, it was a separation that needed to be taken place. You say, Apostle, what does that mean to me? God may not always explain to you why he got to break you up from some folk. He may not always explain. Sometimes God might tell you to quit doing something and don't tell you why right then. Or God might tell you to start, man, he don't tell you why right then. You know, I've shared a number of times about uh, one of the stories one of my spiritual mothers told me about Another one of her sons, preacher, coming back from a program he had had somewhere, riding down what seemed to be an abandoned or a deserted road. Lord spoke in his spirit, said, get out and start preaching. He was like, what? Lord said, stop the car, get out and start preaching. He stopped the car, jumped out, out in uh, supposedly a, a deserted road and just start preaching. God said that this was all in late in the night. The Lord has said, and this is what you need to do, such as that. He jumped in the car, the Lord said, all right, that's enough. He jumped in the car, went on about his business. Months later, man came up and said, you don't know me. He said, but that night you jumped, I started preaching, and over inch drunk, I got saved that night. So, you know, we don't always know why God. I mean, Lord had me in the middle of China one time. About, two, about 3 o'clock in the morning, man, I'm sleeping good. Right there in Beijing, we were over there. Way over here, I'm way, look at that, way over here in Beijing somewhere. Lord said, uh, get up, go on downstairs, sit on the wall. There was a wall surrounding the the the, uh, uh, the hotel, big holiday inn. Tall, a man is coming to you. Come on, get up, go downstairs. I'm sitting on the wall. People riding by, looking, pointing here, big five, black man, sitting on the wall. Three o'clock in the morning. What kind of foolishness is this to them? Find a little Chinese man. Come right up to me. Get right in my face. I mean, you so close. I'm kind of like, Lord, you didn't tell me you were going to get this, this close up. <laughs> Got right up in my face. And I was like, Lord, Lord said, tell him that Jesus is Lord. Now, you, now, now this might not sound like much here, but in China, there's no proselytization. At least it was then. In other words, just like in, in Dubai, and they, they told me about that the last time I was there. You can't just go to certain Middle Eastern countries. You can't just go to certain countries, just be bust out on the street corner. God is, God is Jesus. Is it? You get locked up for some very serious time. I met a brother from, from I think he was from Sweden. He told me he was from Sweden when I was in Dubai. And he and I were talking, and that was one of the things that, that, that he had shared with me. But the uh, Lord said, tell him that, that Jesus is Lord. I said, Jesus is Lord. He said, hmm? shook his head, took his finger, and I was sitting on the wall. And he just kind of did something on my thigh. And he went on down the street doing Tai Chi. That's one of the things that a lot of Chinese brothers and sisters would do uh, early in the morning, kind of a kind of a Tai Chi. And I didn't, didn't think too much of it until I got back to talk to my my uh, spiritual mentor at the time, Apostle Murphy, he said, Doc, I said, man, I said, Lord, woke me up, man, told me to go downstairs and sit on the wall. I'm like, what kind of stuff was that? He said, Doc, he said, look, you don't know. He said, that 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 man may have taken that message and to his village, village got saved. You don't know. So, so you know, don't, don't, don't always think that God is going to tell you and I something that's going to make sense to us. What sense is God telling his, his, his early apostles Drop their nets and follow me. You mean quit my quit, quit my job? I got a wife. I got kids. I got mm-hmm. drop your nets and follow me. And God don't even tell them. Jesus don't even tell them how they gonna survive. How they gonna pay their bills? How they? Mm-hmm. So we got to be willing. I heard T.D. Jake say this many years ago. We got to be willing to trust God even when we can't trace God. All right. Let's get ready to wrap this on up. So Gideon took the men down to the water, and there the Lord told him, separate those who lap the water with their tongues like a dog from those who kneel down to drink. Now, why this particular 
Why this? Don't know. I don't know. But the Bible says 300 men lapped with their hands to their mouth. All the rest. So 9,700 men got down on their knees to drink. Gideon, still too many. Now Gideon already started out looking like he changed with 32,000. Got down to uh, 10, what did he get down to? 10,000. Looking even, looking even more shortchanged. Got down to 300. It looks ridiculous now. You can take 300 and go against 184,000 folk or, you know, hundreds of, looks, looks ridiculous. So you say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? Oftentimes, that's where you will find God, right in the center of what looks ridiculous. He'll be sitting right there, buckled in real, real tight. You know how sometimes young people be ready to go on a trip and stuff. They be getting in the car and buckle in real tight. They ready to go. You ain't even crank the vehicle up. Ain't nobody else even in the car. They sitting in there buckled up. A lot of times, that's where you will find God. Sitting in the middle, real tight of ridiculous. This was ridiculous to us. This 300 people, 80,000 or 100,000 people, looks ridiculous. But look at what God said. The Lord said, with the 100 men that lapped, I will you. And, and give the million back to your hands. Let all the other men go, each to his own. Well, what does God take us back? God takes us back to who is doing this in, in the Because if we're not careful, pastors, we will start thinking that our congregations, if we're not careful, bishops, we'll start thinking that our churches, bishops and apostles, if we're not God said, I'm bringing you back to who is really doing all of this anyway. And God says, it's me. So we don't get confused. And now 300 men. See? Oh, it's pretty, it's pretty easy for God to get the glory with them kind of odds. But God knew that if he would have let you run out there with 32,000, you'd have thought it was, you'd have been, you'd been swollen up. You'd have, been, you'd have had your chest poked out thinking that it was you. Thinking that issue. My spirit even goes to, to when Saul and David came back from fighting the Philistines. What were the servant girls saying? Saul has slain his thousands and David his. I ain't nobody saying nothing about the Lord. Right down, right, right there. When really. You know, what Saul should have realized is that, you know, the thousands that God used me to slay, to God be the glory. And the ten, then when you get to the place where you can give God the glory for what he's doing through you, you can get to the place where you can really give God the glory through what, for what he's doing through somebody else. As long as we think this is a competition, I got to preach more sermons than him. I got to have more congregation members than him. I got to go into more. We own this one of the things that we're on the same team. We're on the same team, children of God. And we are either making the team look good or we are making the team look bad. You know, we used to have a, you know, we used to have a, a philosophy when we, we used to play street ball. Man mess around and, and get hot, feed him the ball. Mess around, man, hit two or three jumpers and stuff. And you, you, you hot? Yeah, man, I'm feeding it. I'm feeling it. Feed him the ball. Let's let you keep firing them on up right there. Something's wrong with you if a man on your team get hot and you over there talking about, I'm gonna get, I got to get mine. He ain't got to take all the shots. Why not? The object is to get the ball in the hole. See, this is when you keep your eye on the object. God said, look, the object here is for me to get the good, good, not necessarily for y'all to win against the Midianites, but God said the, the, the object is even deeper than that, for me to get the glory out of you all 
beating the, 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 the uh, Midianites. You got to you see you got to see the, the the goal. If we on the same team and you thinking oh I got to get my average and he thinking he got to get his average. See what we really got is we got a bunch of individuals. But when we get to understanding that the goal is that what we got to do is outscore them. However it happens, whether I score 30, you score 30, he score 20, what we got to outscore them. What we got to do here is make sure that God gets the glory out of our lives. What we got to make sure, children of God, is that God get the glory out of our ministries. Make sure that God get the glory out of our, out of our make sure God get the glory. That's our job. When we, we get that attitude, then God says, all right, well, I can do all kind of things because y'all going to give me the glory anyway. God says, it's when, it's when I discern that y'all really don't have given me the glory in mind that I got to send you home. It's about like when we work. If we realize that my main responsibility is making sure that the kingdom of God is taken care of, God says, oh, I can bless you with all kind of finances. I can bless you with all kind of things. When you realize that the goal is to see to it that to seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his right. God says, oh, I can bless you. I can bless you all kind of thing. Now, I, I can get $10 million now. I can get $10 million now because you understand that first is the kingdom of God. When you understand that God getting the glory out of it is the, what's most important. Oh, God said, oh, man, I can do all kind of things now. I can do all kind of things. I can keep you around. 300 men got kept around because they understood that this thing was about God getting the Father in the mighty and the new glorious name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for this message tonight, Father. We thank you for uh, Deacon Richard being with us and all the saints that are with us, Father, near and far and in the four corners of the earth. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. We appreciate you, Father. You have taken us deep into your storehouse of wisdom tonight. You've spoken words that will enlighten us, encourage us, that will help bring us closer to you. We pray, Father, that every word that you have spoken in our midst tonight, that it will not fall on uh, the wrong ground, but that it will fall on ground that has been prepared and the ground that will bring forth a harvest in, in the hearts of your people, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what has been sown. Thank you, Father, for revelation that you have shared with us this evening and uh, we give your name all the glory once again the honor and praise we pray father that someone under the sound of our voice has been convicted and converted that they have um, confessed jesus christ as their personal lord and savior this evening and come into the family of god we pray father for all of those who already know you uh in the pardon of their sins that that they have been strengthened and encouraged uplifted and edified these and all of the blessings we ask in Jesus' mighty and glorious name. We pray amen and amen. Uh, Deke, if you would give the word or whatever's in your spirit to share with God's people, you are on live and remote. Amen. Praise God. I just want to say that those who are out there who are not saved just need to come to see God right now. Come and, uh, and just pray the prayer, the sinner's prayer. Come down and talk to God. Uh, Mikey, the email address, Apostle Robert uh, Bryant 2000, send the email. We want to hear from you. The Christian Center want to hear from you out there. We want you saved. That's the main thing. We got to get saved. You can't get any of these blessings without being first saved. You got to be saved. If you're not saved out there, please email us so we can work with you. We want to talk with you. We want to get your spiritual life back on, tri on track with the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the main thing. The Lord is deserves all the glory, all the praise, all the honor. We want you saved so you can come into the kingdom. Just even going through the scriptures that we talked about today, even in the last day, there's going to be a separation of the sheep and the goats. And if you're not careful, you don't want to be on the goat side. These also said it's going to separate the wheat and the tares. So there are things like this you got to be careful of. We want you saved, so that's why you can get into the kingdom of God. Amen. So I'm going to pass this on the mic. Send Shakur just through email at thechristiansarchurch at gmail.com. Check out our website at www.artchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoes, Spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 a.m. 7 p.m. daily. 
a talk shoe call 724 7444 and to ID 17959. A spreecast typing Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Chris and Sarah Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our talk shoe homepage. God bless you. Heaven smile at you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.